do what it says I can do. I can be who it says I can be. And I will have what it says I can have. Today, I will hear the word of God. I boldly declare that my mind is alert. My heart is receptive. My ears are open. And I better not go to sleep. I'll never be the same. In Jesus' name, amen. Father, we thank you for the word this morning. We thank you for the Holy Spirit that's here to breathe afresh on your word. We thank you that your word is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. And so as we hear the word, I thank you that it will make a great deposit in our hearts. And Lord, as a result of the deposit of your word going in, faith is going to come out. And so, Lord, I declare in advance for signs, miracles, and wonders to follow the word that is taught today so that our lives will be changed for the better. And it's in Jesus' name I pray. Everybody say, Amen, Amen. amen. God bless you. You may be seated. Today I'm going to be sharing on the subject, get poised for a miracle. Look at your neighbor and say, you need to get poised for a miracle. And many people, maybe even some of you, may be thinking, I didn't even know miracles still exist today. Well, they do. And my goal today is to help you believe and then get you poised to receive God's supernatural miracles for your life. Can somebody say amen to that? I am declaring that November to be Miracle Month in your life. Amen. And some of you may be sitting there going, Well, Pastor Evan, how can you stand up there and declare for November to be Miracle Month in my life? Well, if the government can declare for February to be Black History Month, I can stand and declare the Word of God that says miracles are going to be happening in your life in November. So if you have your Bibles, I want you to turn to Mark chapter 6, verses 35. That's going to be our main text, Mark 6, 35. And then our second verse is found in 1 Peter chapter 3, verses 8. I'll say those again. Mark chapter 6, verses 35. And then 1 Peter chapter 3, verses 8. And I'm going to start out this morning as you begin to find those verses. I'm going to define for you the word miracle. Now when you look the word miracle up in the dictionary, it's defined as an effect or extraordinary event in the physical world that surpasses all known human or natural powers. I'll say that again. It means an effect or an extraordinary event in the physical world that surpasses all known powers here on the earth. Now, the biblical definition for the word miracle means a sign that promises remarkable events soon to come. I'm going to say that again. A sign. Everybody say a sign. A sign that, pro- that promises remarkable events soon to happen. In other words, sometimes before God gets ready to do something supernatural in your life, He will give you a sign, and that sign is should help you see God's getting ready to do something. Amen. And I don't know about you, but I believe there are some of you in this room today that needs a miracle in your life. 
This past week, my wife, Pastor Che, and I, we went to Alabama to meet with the architect that's going to do our building project, as well as look at two other buildings that he has built. And after seeing the buildings, we all went to lunch, and then we headed back to the original first building that we looked at. And as I walked into this building, I began to think, wow, it would take a miracle of God for us to get into a building that looks like this. And then while I was thinking, the Spirit of God interrupted my thoughts. And I don't know about you, but when God begins to interrupt your thoughts, whatever he's about to say is something you need to hear. He interrupted my thoughts and he said, so you think I can do a miracle to get you a house, but you don't think I can do a miracle for me to have a house? See, what you don't realize is, a little over a couple of years ago, we moved, and in the midst of moving, there were some circumstances that I didn't know that were going to come up. The economy began to shift, and when we needed just 10% up front, it changed to 20%. Well, the change would have been more comfortable had I still been in my house. The old house had already sold, and I needed an extra 10%, and God produced a miracle in my life. And God said to me, if I can do a miracle for you to get a house, then I can do a miracle for me to get a house. And there are some people in this room, you need God to do a miracle in your house. Well, I'm telling you prophetically now, get ready because there's a miracle on the way. Amen. And so he concluded by saying, just watch and see what I do. And I believe God is ready to perform some miracles in the lives of those of you who are here and even those who are listening on our podcast, which we have all the time. I believe today is going to mark a day that you'll go, be able to go back and look in your calendar and see what God had done in your life. Now, I have three simple points this morning. And so if you're taking notes, I want you to write down point number one. Miracles are God created, but man participated. I'm going to say that again. Miracles are God created, but man participated. Say this with me. Say, miracles are God created, but man participated. In other words, we may not be able to make a miracle, but we can certainly participate in a miracle. Now go to Mark chapter 6. Go to Mark chapter 6. We're going to start in verse 35. If you don't have your Bibles, you can look on the screen. And it says... And when the day was far spent, his disciples came unto him and said, This is a desert place, and now the time is far past. Verse 36. The disciples told Jesus, Send the crowd away that we may go into the country round about and into villages and buy themselves bread, for they have nothing to eat. Verse 37. Jesus answered and said unto them, You give them something to eat. And they said unto him, shall we go and buy 200 penny worth of bread and give them something to eat? Now, I want you to notice here, I'm setting the stage because a miracle is about to take place. But here it is, even though a supernatural miracle is about to take place, the disciples are stuck in a natural mindset. They said, hey, are we gonna, do we need to go and buy 200 penny worth worth of bread? Now, let me just give you some biblical history. The, the word pennyworth in those days was valued at what they called a denarius. Like we would call it the dollar bill. Well, they called it a denarius. And a denarius equaled up to one day's pay for an unskilled worker. Basically, it was kind of like minimum wage where we are. And so when they said 200 pennyworths of bread, what they were saying was uh, $7.25 because that is the uh, Texas uh, minimum wage. 
uh, 200 penny worth is seven months worth of minimum wage. So that came out to be about $12,180. So what the disciples were saying is, do you need us to go into town and go buy $12,180 worth of bread? Well, let's see what Jesus' response was in verse 38. He said unto them, how many loaves do you have? Go and see. And when they knew, they said, how many class? Come on, class. He said, they said, five and how many fishes? Two fishes, and he commanded them to sit down by companies upon the green grass, and they sat down in ranks by hundred and fifties. Now, here's one thing I want you to notice because it ties into the point. Notice that the miracle needed the disciples' participation. So I'm going to say my point again. Miracles are God created, but man participated. In other words, the thing that God wants to do in your life, in order for that miracle to be triggered, he needs you and I's participation. And many times we are waiting for God to trigger the miracle when he's first waiting on our participation. Amen. Now let's see what happened here. In verse 41, And when he had taken the five loaves and the two fishes, he looked up to heaven. Now, here is the key word that I want you to circle because we're going to come back to it. He looked up to heaven. What's the next two words? Come on, class. And what? He blessed it. He broke the loaves. He gave it to his disciples to set before them. And the two fishes divided he among them all. And they, who are they? All of the people. By the way, it was 5,000 men plus women and children. So he's about to feed 5,000 people at least with five loaves and how many fishes? Two. And watch this. And they did all eat. And what's the next three words, class? And they were what? They were what? They were filled. Now, I know in your limited thinking, you thought that they passed the bread like we do in communion. See, when I was Presbyterian, we used real bread when we had communion. And so, you know, you used to supposed to take a little bitty pinch, and that was your communion. Well, you know, I was a kid, so I took a big piece because I was hungry. I know many of us think that's, that's what they ate. But see, the Bible says they were all filled. So that means they didn't just take a pinch. They took what was necessary in order for them to get full. So not only did the five loaves and the two fishes get those people full, let me show you what else a miracle does. A miracle does not just take care of your situation. It pushes you into overflow. Because it says here, and they took up 12 baskets full of fragments, and watch this, and of the fishes. Jesus got through. The miracle was so big that he sent each disciple home with a doggy bag. Watch what happened, though. I'm going to show you something about the disciples because it happens to us all the time. Verse 45. And straightway he constrained his disciples to get into the ship and go to the other side. Verse 46. And when, they had, when he had sent them away, he departed into a mountain to pray. And when evening was come, the ship was in the midst of the sea, and he alone was on the land. And he saw them toiling and rowing, for the wind was contrary unto them. And about the fourth watch of the night, he came to them walking on the sea and would have passed them. But when he saw, when they saw him walking on the sea, they supposed it had been a spirit and cried out. Watch this. 
For they all saw him and were troubled, and immediately he talked with them and said, Hey, be of good cheer. It is I. Be not afraid. And when he went into the ship, watch this, the wind ceased, and they were so amazed in themselves beyond measure and wondered. Here's the part I need you to see. For they, the disciples, considered not the miracle of the loaves, for their heart was hardened. In other words, they were in the midst of a miracle and did not realize it was a miracle. In other words, they were there, they saw it, they experienced it, but they didn't believe what they saw. This happened to Jacob in Genesis chapter 28 verse 16. It says, Jacob awoke out of his sleep and he said, surely the Lord is in this place and I knew it not. And I believe sometimes we can be in the middle of the making of a miracle and not realize what God is doing. God knows exactly where you are and the situation you're in and the circumstances you're facing. He already knows that. He's already surveyed your life. And you know what? He already knows what He's going to do. But He needs our participation. Amen. And here I was having just experienced a major breakthrough here it is we just purchased an additional six acres of property that belonged to another church that god gave to us and we paid three hundred and twenty five thousand dollars cash for that piece of property and i'm still wondering how god's gonna build this building and sometimes that's what happens to us. Many of us are looking at our circumstances, not realizing the only thing that we're void of is the supernatural miracle power of God. Miracles are not a one-time situation because Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. In other words, if miracles could take place back then, miracles can still take place now. And some of you all are facing some circumstances in your life and only God's miracle power is going to fix the situation. Amen. Now, everybody say miracles are God created. But man participated. This principle is throughout the Bible. In other words, God always needs man's participation in order for miracles to take place. I mean, remember Moses when he was going and they faced the Red Sea. And that sea needed to part in order for, in order for the children of Israel to get through. And the Bible says, God said to Moses, Moses, I need you to raise up your rod. Moses had to participate in the miracle of God. Joshua was fighting a battle and he was winning, but it was about to get dark and they weren't finished with the battle. And the Bible says Joshua looked up into heaven and he says, God, make the sun stand still. Here it was. God needed Joshua's participation. See, what you don't realize, God already has a will in heaven, but he needs it to be done here on earth. He said, thy will be done on earth as it already is in heaven. In other words, when you get a bird's eye view of what God has done in heaven, then you'll understand and know how to stand in faith for what he needs to do on earth. Amen. So watch this now. This is good. This is good. The disciples had to use the loaves and fish. They, they already had to see the miracle of what I call multiplied manifestation. And some of you are right now, what's in your hand is not enough to do what you need done. And God already knows that. So at the end, I'm going to show you how to release your faith for miracles. So here's point number two. We must bless the little before it can produce the miracle of much. I'm going to say that again. We must bless the little. Everybody say bless the little. 
We must bless the little before it can produce the miracle of much. Now go now to verse 41. Verse 41, it says, And when he, Jesus, had taken the five loaves and the two fishes, he looked up to heaven, and what happened? Come on, class. What did he do? He blessed it. He didn't curse it. He blessed it. When you look that word blessed up in the Bible, it means what? Well, actually, it's the English word eulogy. Now, what happens? You ever been to a funeral and they do a eulogy and they're saying all this nice stuff about people? Most of it sometimes is a lie. Here it is, drunk Uncle Willie is in the casket, and that's all he did. He preached the Bible only when he got drunk. How many got a relative like that? They get drunk and they start preaching? Nobody? Okay. Yeah, maybe you're that relative. I mean, no. <laughs> I mean, you know the Bible back and forth when they get drunk. Well, a eulogy is something that you say that's good about a person. So when you look up the word blessed there, it means to speak well of. So when Jesus raised the loaves of bread and the fishes, he spoke well of what he had in his hand. Even though at the time what he was holding up was not enough to feed the 5,000, he didn't deny or just discredit what was in his hand. He looked up and said, Father, I'm speaking well. I know you are able. You'll give us this day our daily bread. You will supply all of our needs. You're going to answer my prayer. And so I'm declaring that it will feed the 5,000. And you know what he did? But see, Jesus, we need to take uh, note of what Jesus did that most of us don't do. I believe one of the main reasons many people never see God make the much out of little is because we have cursed and spoken bad over the little that he needs to help us fix the situation we're in. In other words, Jesus could have looked at it just like the disciples and say, oh, that's not enough. See, some of you all have cursed your paycheck before you got it. Here it is, the paycheck that God wants to use that may be little. He wants to turn that little into much like he did the fish. But instead of raising up our check and beginning to speak well of it, we're cursing it. And God can't take something you have cursed and make it into a blessing. Hey, look at your neighbor and say, he's talking to you now, I know it. See, some miracles start out a mess. Some of them start out as a mess. Listen, Moses' arms got tired, but he ended up having to hold his arms up. I, in my life and in my wife's life, every doctor told us that we would never see land in our son. But here we are today with a four-year-old strong enough to bruise my rib with one kick. And you know what? I had a whole lot of men laughing at me. You let a four-year-old bruise your ribs. Okay, I want you to volunteer and let me have him kick you in your ribs and we will see if yours gets bruised. I'll take any volunteers after service. In other words, sometimes miracles start out a mess. And can I give you a secret? Sometimes it looks messy even though we obey God to be in the situation we're in. See, it was God's will for the children of Israel to leave Egypt. They left Egypt, and guess what happened? The enemy started following them, getting ready to try to kill them and take them back. Well, the enemy's following them, and Moses probably was thinking, okay, well, we've outrun them. But what happened? They ran into the Red Sea. Everybody say, that's a mess. God led them out 
into a messy situation. But see, what God wants to do, he don't want you to have credit for his deliverance. He wants to give, listen, he don't want you to just repeat the story. He wants people to know it's his glory. And you know what? Even though Moses had to participate in the miracle, it still ended up being the power of God delivering him. Can you say amen to that? Now go to 1 Peter chapter 3. 1 Peter chapter 3 as we wrap things up here. 1 Peter chapter 3. Let me show you what happens when you begin to bless and say good over the situation we, you are in. See, the Bible says this. It says, in all things give thanks unto the Lord because this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. In other words, whatever situation you're in, begin to thank God, not for being in it, but thank God in it. Why? Because you're thanking God because he's going to use his power to work that thing together for your good. You're thanking God because you already know he knows what he's going to do. You're thanking God because you can see in your future that your past is going to be erased in the sea just like the children of Israel. You're going to be able to look up and say, God, I thank you. You're going to supply my need. That's what you're thinking. See, that's faith. Faith is not seeing it. Faith is saying it. Amen. Now look in 1 Peter chapter 3, look in verse 8. He says, finally, be you all of one mind, having compassion of one another. Love as brethren, be pitiful, be courteous. Not rendering evil for evil, watch this, or railing for railing, but contrawise, what's the next word? Blessing. Now that word blessing is the same word eulogy. He's saying, but on the, on the contrawise, begin to speak those things which are good. Well, watch this. Blessing, speak well of, knowing that you are called, that you should inherit a blessing. Now that word inherit a blessing, that's a different word. So watch this. In order for you and I to inherit the blessings of God, we have to speak good things on the front end. And that's the problem that most of us have. We say the opposite because that's what we see. Spouse may not, may not be acting right. Guess what? You go tell everybody. You know that song growing up? Go tell it on the mountain. Y'all know that? Ooh, y'all can't sing. <laughs> you tell everybody. If you notice, if you go to a good restaurant, don't you tell people? Yes. But if you have a bad experience, don't you tell more people? Yes. And that's the problem. So let's see here. What else he goes on to say here? He says in verse 10, for he that will love life and see what kind of days? Come on, class. See good days. Watch this. Let him refrain his tongue from what? He says, if you want to see good things happen in your life, if you want to see the miracles of God happening in your life, if you want to see supernatural power being released into your situation, you got to begin to say some, some good things. He said, if you're going to love life and see good things, refrain your tongue from evil and your lips to speak no guile. We give life to God's miracle working power when we are speaking well over what we have and the situation we're in. I'm going to say that again. We give life to God's miracle working power when we are speaking well over what we have and the situation we're in. It does no good to say what's, what, what's negative because all is happening. Faith cannot be released for good when you're saying things that are negative. 
death and life, the Bible says in Proverbs 18, 21, is in the power of your tongue. Look at your neighbor and say, it's your tongue. Now look at him again and say, yeah, it's your tongue. Amen. Speaking good things in a bad situation brings faith on the scene. Watch this. Because faith comes when you hear something. Faith just doesn't come when you hear the word. Faith comes if you say bad words. That's why your car breaking down. I'm talking to somebody right now. You know why your car always breaking down? Because you always bragging about it. You know how some people brag about their car? I got a nice car. You got nice this. No, you bragging about it breaking down. You say, no, I'm not. Yeah, you do. You're going to work. Girl, my car just keep breaking down. It's just I don't know what to do. Every time I get in it, it seems like it don't start. You know why? Because you got faith for that. How does faith come, class? It comes by hearing and hearing what? The words of your mouth. Mark 11 says you have what you say. So you want your car to keep breaking down? Keep saying it. You better be nice to that car. That car need to get you to work. You say, well, Pastor, I need a new one. Well, call it replaced then. Just go to your car and say, hey, Betsy, I know I've been talking bad about you. I'm so sorry. But you know, I command you to be replaced in Jesus' name. And until you're replaced, you're going to get me where I need to go back and forth without breaking down in Jesus' name. And when you get in the car, you're going to say, Betsy, I thank you today for getting me to work. I bless you. Father, thank you for giving me this day my daily ride. (laughs) Here's the last point, last point, last point. A miracle will leave you with much more than what you started. I'm going to say that again. A miracle will leave you with much more than what you've started. Look in verse 42. Look in verse 42. It says, and they all did eat and what what class? They were filled. They took up 12 baskets full of fragments and of the fishes. What they experienced didn't just fix the current problem. It also gave them overflow for the next situation. And when God does a miracle in your life, listen to me, it's not just for you, it's also for other people. And God gets glory when people can see us in the midst of a tight place and still see us praise him, begin to thank him and glorify him and praise him and worship him. And and they wonder, I know things are bad in your life. How can you thank God? Because I know he is my redeemer. I know he's going to take me out. I know he's going to bring what I'm praying to pass. Amen. So here's the thing. We must make a decision. Here's the last thing about a miracle. Before a miracle can take place, God needs our participation. We must speak good things while we're in the midst of the situation. But here's the last thing. You must obey for your miracle. See, the disciples had to do what Jesus said in order for them to experience the multiplied manifestation of miracle working power. And some of you, God's going to give you some supernatural wisdom. He's going to give you some supernatural instructions. And when he does, guess what? You're going to have to obey. Now, see, here's the thing. This is so good. Y'all ready for this? The average believer can't normally stand in a negative situation because they have not done their part. 
Remember the Bible says, after you've done all you do to stand, stand therefore. Most people can't stand because they haven't done their part. Okay, let me rewind. Because some of y'all look confused. In other words, the Bible says, draw close to God and he will draw close to you. Who had to do it first? We did. So anytime something needs to happen in our life, God wants us to do our part first. And a lot of times we're standing, but we can't stand because we haven't done our part. It's just like me. You know, when we were having Landa, man, my wife took me to these, these uh, organic and all this old doctors and they made me stop drinking Coke. Do you know that is a sin? I believe if Jesus was here on the earth, I believe that he would drink Coca-Cola because Coke is the real thing. And they had me not drinking no Coke. I couldn't dr- eat no candy. I couldn't eat no sugar. I mean, I mean, it was like I was going through all kind of menopause, man. It was bad. And I'm like, why am I doing this? And he said, you got to cleanse your body. You got to detox it. And I'm like, man, this, ba- this baby going to come out clean, praise the Lord. But I had to do everything I knew I needed to do. In other words, I had to obey some faith instructions. And you know what? Some of you all are here today. God's going to give you some faith instructions. You know what? Sometimes miracles, God needs to give you a word of wisdom. And you know what? It may not come through you. It may come through somebody else. When God, when I met my wife, we were getting ready to get married. And I was thinking, Lord, when do I get married? And when do I get married? And at the time, you know, I had some money. But I was in school two years paying my way, paying my bills that I already had. And I'm like, hey, what am I going to do? And he's, uh, my sister calls me and I was talking to her. She says, you know what? I think you should get married right after you graduate. And I was thinking, wow, that's a great idea. But I ain't got no money for that. But the moment... I made the decision. Guess what happened? Somebody surfaced and paid for our whole wedding. Because it wasn't up to my riches and glory. It's according to his riches and glory. And when you obey the faith instructions, you'll receive the supernatural wisdom of God. Can you say amen? Amen. So here's what I'm going to do. Let me read Luke chapter 24, and then we're going to end here. Luke 24, look in verse 50. It says, and go, to, go to Luke 24. Take, take your Bibles to Luke 24. I want to show you something. I'm going to show you how uh, Miracle Month is going to be initiated in your life today. Luke 24. Let me show you this word blessing. The word blessing means to speak well of. It says in verse 50, Luke 24, 50. And Jesus led his disciples out as far as to Bethany. And he lifted up his what class? What did he do? He lifted up his hands, and then what did he do? He what? He blessed. That word blessed is the same word eulogy, which means to speak well of. In other words, what Jesus began to do, the same word that he used to initiate the miracles of the five loaves and two fishes, he's about to do the same thing again. Instead of it being fish, it's now his disciples. He raises up his hands and he begins to bless or speak well of them. And so I want you to stand up right now and I want you to raise your hands because I'm beginning to declare over your life that November is going to be Miracle Month. Amen. So I'm declaring over you today that Miracle Month has started in your life. I declare that you've been waiting for God to do something. It's being done even as I speak. I declare that you, your health is turning around right now. I declare that the shortage that you're experiencing has stopped and a flood of God's abundance has come. 
I declare the struggle in your relationship that you've had for years has to now bow its head to the name of Jesus Christ. I declare for miracles, promotion, and increase, and the recognition of manifestation to come in your life. I declare that the good work that God has started, He is faithful to complete it. I declare more. I declare increase. I declare prosperity. I declare health. I declare healing. I declare supernatural abundance to come into your life. And if you receive that, just begin to give Him a worship hand. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God, we believe you today. If you can do it then, you can do it now. And I declare over the members at World of Truth Family Church, every visitor, every visiting member, I declare Miracle Month in the month of November. And God, we will leave this place declaring good things over our lives. We will speak well in the situation we're in. Because you are a God of deliverance. Thank you, Father. You may be seated. Every head bowed and every eye closed. You may be here today.